just a few moments. Praise God. If you uh, have your Bibles or your devices or you would like to look on our screen. John, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 9. How many believe the Lord is doing things in our midst? How many want to be involved in it? Let me ask you this. How many need something from the Lord? I'm going to do my best today. You get to a place sometimes it's hard to minister because there's just so much. And you just don't know what pieces to pick. It's like a buffet. You don't know, you know, kind of skip over the salad and go to the dessert, hang around the meatloaf. <laughs> ah, but with God, it's all good, isn't it? Praise God. I love this time of the season. Uh, it's wearisome, though. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of things that goes on. Most of the time, people are tired. But there's nothing like getting to the house of the Lord and lifting your hands in His presence and having God give you rest and peace that passes all understanding. Praise God. I am so thankful I live in this state. I'm so thankful for our governor. And I'm not being political or anything, but I'm glad I don't live in California. Our, our, our minister last week, the brother from Sacramento, was so pleased that... Uh, Right now, they don't, allow, they don't allow them to go to church. And if they did, it's only 25% of their uh, allotted uh, attendance. You know, and who comes, who doesn't, that kind of stuff. It's, the devil's at work. He's trying to go in the back door here and shut everything down. But you can't do that with God. Because when God moves, things happen. When his gears go into effect, there's no reverse. It's always forward with God. Praise God. So I said that to, to hopefully to instill some more faith in here that don't be afraid to step out into God's realm. Don't be afraid to step out on God's side because He's for you. He's for you today. Praise God. All right, I'll move on here. John, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda means house of mercy. You need the mercy of God today. Whew. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Can you say amen to that? Blind, of halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. I'm telling you today, it's moving. For an angel went down in a certain season into the pool, and he troubled the waters. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the waters, stepped into the water, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, that doesn't mean he was talking and telling fibs. It means he was laying around. And he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. While I'm coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, let's say rise, take up thy bed, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and he walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. Praise God. With the help of the Lord today in a few moments, I'll try not to keep you long, but God's wanting to do something for somebody here. I want 
to preach to you on this topic. I've been here too long. Tell your neighbor, I've been here too long. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Now to clarify, I'm not talking geographically. We ain't going anywhere. Are you kidding me? How many knows what a skitter is? Any log people, people that cut trees down, know what a skitter is? It's one of those things that they cut the log, the trees down way up in the mountain, and they hook it up to a cable, and they push a button, and it just drags that thing all the way down to the big road where they can load it up on the trucks and make a two-by-four out of it so you can build your house. That's a skitter. A skitter will drag you, but a skitter can't drag us out of this house. No way. Nothing the devil's ever made, nothing the devil's ever done to get us out of the house of God. Second Peter tells us in the third chapter, or it mentions stirring up our pure minds. I not only want my mind stirred, but I want my soul stirred as well. I want God to stir me so much that it changes me. I want God to not only stir me every time I get into his house and every time I hear his word preached, every time I bend my knees in prayer in the prayer closet, every time I close my eyes and meditate on him, I want him to stir my soul. How many are with me on that? Not only when my soul gets stirred, it makes me want to move and to do something for him. Not only do I want to move and do something for him, but I want to change my life, so to speak. I don't want to remain the same after God stirs me. I don't want to remain the same after God moves in my mind and says, Raj, all these years you've learned all of this. You have all of this knowledge, but I want to stir you so that you can move to do something for me. How many are with me today? It's in this atmosphere that God stirs your soul. It's in atmospheres like this that revival fires begin to burn, that our, uh, that our minds get, in, uh, get lost into the things of God, that we imagine and, and God gives us visions and dreams and speaks to us in many ways that he says, you can do what I want you to do. All you need to do is make your mind up and say, I can't stay the way that I am. I've been here too long. I've been here too long. It's a nice stone wall. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Allie. I, I, whenever I preach and get something going here, I all get my daughter-in-law involved and does all this stuff. I'm not a techie. I know enough to mess things up. Ask, ask this one. Last night I was texting him. Hey, I'm stuck here. I need something. Can't make this work. What do I do? Thank God for kids that are techies. It's amazing, isn't it? Been here too long. Stir me, Lord, so much that it changes me. So when somebody gets to know me, they know that I've been with you. It takes a while, but there's something that knows about the Spirit. And you can tell. How many know what I'm talking about? You know when you rub uh, shoulders with somebody and talk with somebody, and they have that atmosphere, that magnetic spiritual atmosphere that you know that they're a brother or sister in the Lord that they've been with Jesus and whatnot. And you know what the opposite is. You know when they're bad and they're nasty and you know you can uh, just do kind of stuff. But I want them to know that I've been stirred so much that I've been with Jesus, that there's something different about you. Come on, 
really? Do you know what's going on this year? Of all the stuff in this year has been a horrible year. But you know what? I've been changed. For the good. I'm different. And it's not because of COVID. Yeah, it had a little bit of something to do with it. But you know what? I made a choice to either do something and get closer to God in my relationship or to back off and say, nah, I'm to do it on my own. You have that choice today. If you're here for the first time, we, let's welcome all of our visitors. Can we clap? We're so glad you're with us today. We want God to touch you. We want you to leave that, God, that you walk out the doors and say, there's something about that church and that congregation in there. I don't know what it is, but God's in this house. Yeah, that's what we want. Some of the things that we know and we all have, maybe we have it sitting on your shelf at home, require things being stirred. The church is required to be stirred. You and your life are not good enough to just live your life by yourself. Leave me alone. Don't let me do this. I want to do my own thing. But your life is not good enough until God stirs it. It requires being shaken. It requires God to pick you up and do this once in a while and put you back down. I need it. I recently painted my house. Yes, I did. All by myself. And I and we painted it kind of a dark gray. But when you got a different color, you, you have to stir up the paint. That's one thing that requires a lot of stirring. If you don't stir up a dark colored paint, you just open the lid and start dipping your brush and paint it on, it's not going to look good. And then you're going to look and go back to Home Depot paint guy and say, hey, man, this isn't right. Always stir up your paint. Sometimes in my store, we would take our, ga our gallons of paint and we would stock them on the shelves upside down. So all this stuff at the bottom would somehow get mixed up. Things require to be stirred. Pour some cream in your coffee and don't stir it. Does some weird stuff. Starbucks is good at that. They'll put all kinds of things in your coffee. But it's got to be stirred so you get all the flavors throughout. God's got to stir your heart and your soul and, and everything about life. That's why we don't ever want to fear of things that's happened to us when you're a child of God. Because we know he's in control. Yeah, we're being shaken up. Yeah, we're being stirred. Yeah, things are starting to move and things are scary some places and, and things will do that. But you know what? I'm being stirred because God's stirring us up. He's getting us ready to do something, and I want to be on the front lines. I want to report for duty and say, I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm shaking a little bit, but you know what? It's going to be a good flavor. It's going to be a good mix. It's so when you put the paint on the wall, people notice that there's Jesus in your life. And it's not all Raj. It's not all yourself. It's not all your knowledge. It's not all your schoolwork. It's not all of what you've done in your professional, your job. It's not you. God's got to be involved in your life. Say, stir me up. When I was a kid, I think we still have it. I haven't been looking for it. I don't go down the soda aisle. There are other aisles in the grocery store that I have to keep away from. Because I'm a weak man. <laughs> they had a drink when I was a kid called Chocola. I remember that. No? Just the, the Yankees. It's a bottle of chocolate milk that they served as soda. Didn't have a fizz in it, but it was, right now it's yuck. It's just no way, no way do I want to put that stuff on, drink that stuff. But the thing about Chocola is you had to shake it because all the chocolate's in the bottom. You understand what I'm getting to? You understand what's going on in the world. You understand that I'm glad I've got a hold of God because when things start shaking, I know who to go to. I, I, I'm anchored in Jesus, the song says, that the storms can come. 
They can vote anybody. They can do anything. They can do this and that about our political place. But you know what? I'm glad I've got a hold of God because he's the one that's going to take me all the way home. So if this year hasn't shaken you, then something needs to be checked. Prayer has become more important than ever. How many agree with me there? If you don't think so and you read the paper and you listen to the news after you hear all of that, go into your prayer closet and just bow your head for a minute and start praying to God and tell me when you come out you'll feel a whole lot better. Prayer is on the front line. It's an ever-important thing in our lives. Growing closer to God and being familiar with His presence is vital if we want to keep up with the church and be ready for who's soon coming, it's going to take prayer. Excuse me a minute. i got to get this. Okay. <laughs> Stuff happens. I don't know. In John, the fifth chapter, if you could show, Joe, that a couple of pictures John, the fifth chapter, we see that that is the lion's gate going into the city of Jerusalem. I know that's kind of old. But if you look up onto the corners of that, there's lions up there. The lion gate, the sheep gate, St. Stephen's gate, it's all the same gate that goes into the old city of Jerusalem. Next slide. This is the pool of Bethesda, the real deal. That's what it looks like nowadays. Next. Look how big it was. Next. There's a certain one I want to get at. Next. <laughs> I'm sorry. There you go. See how far down in the dirt that is? When you go over there and look at things on the surface, that's nowadays. But when you want to get into biblical times, you've got to dig down in the dirt. You've got to go after it. Take some, some excavating to get to that. But that's one of the porches in these five porches in this John, the fifth chapter, Pool of Bethesda that we're looking at. So it's real. It really happened. It's not a made-up thing. God really touches you. God's a healer. He's a miracle worker. Uh, that was back then. No, it's not. It's now. He'll save your kids from this family and the generations we sing about. From generation to generation. Ah. Yeah. So you better thank God that your mother, your grandmother, or your father, your grandfather, you've got somebody in your family praying for you. Because God's hand is not short. He'll reach all the way through the generations and touch your life. He'll keep you alive just because he's got a calling, especially for you. And matter of fact, he'll come by your way and just for you, he'll come after you. And that's a good thing. I want God to trouble me all the time because I know when he chastises children, he loves us and he keeps and he takes care of us and he wants us to do good. You did the same with your kids. Scripture says that if we ask for bread, he's not going to give us a stone. He says those of you that are earthly and, and carnal and know how to give good gifts to your children, he's going to do the same for you. Why wouldn't he? He's God. Test him and see. Try him out and see. Ask God for some help. Ask God for leadership. Ask God for guidance in your life. He won't cut you short and leave you out there. He knows what's going on. Tell me God doesn't know what's going on. He knows what's going on in your life. That's why you're here today. That's why he's here today. He came to touch you. He came to heal you. He came to brought you out. Oh. So there was a sheep gate. This was part of the sheep market. There was lots of business and commerce that went on in this area. You go through those gates, 
You go down a few ways, maybe 100 feet, you make a right, and you turn into this. Before that was a big cathedral. The Catholic Church has built a lot of cathedrals where certain areas and certain sites in the Holy Land have happened because they did that centuries ago. And it's just an awesome place. If you ever get a chance to go to the Holy Land, do that. It'll change your life. So the sheep market was a place where a lot of business and commerce went on. It's an area where on one side of the street, you had all of the marketing that goes on where the sheep were sold for the sacrifice into the temple area. But across the other side of the street, you have this pool of Bethesda. Where the Bible says there were multitudes of people, people that were halt, people that could not walk, people that were lame, people that were blind, different porches were set up for them. And like anything else, birds of a feather, they'll flock together. So all the blind people were over on this side. All the people that couldn't walk were over here. And you know what? They all got together and they all decided that, uh, uh, you know, this was the best place that they could be in their lives. This was the best place that they had for a hospitalization or some kind of a Medicare or Medicaid situation back then. That's the best they could do. But the Bible says that every time at a season, the angel of the Lord would come down and trouble this water. And whoever was in there first got healed. So the people, if, if they were smart enough, would devise a way, in my thinking, that, okay, I want to be the first one in somehow. On the other side of the street was all the commerce going on, all the livelihood. So the people that were feeling bad and hurt, and the multitude of the sick and impotent folks, could look out on their couches and all their beds and all their chairs and their wheelchairs or wherever they laid over there and watch and see all the commerce going on. Sometimes we get to church like that. Sometimes our lives that we live, we live in such a halt, blind, or uh, uh, impotent spirituality, and we come to church and watch all the livelihood go on. And we think, I want to be like that across the street. But we don't want to do anything about it. Oh, here's the rub. I don't want to do anything about it. So you can imagine how this scene was. People were live enough to stay alive on one side. Everything's going on. On the other side, they weren't dead enough to be hauled off to the morgue. They were just barely alive to say they were alive. And people lived like that. And if I'm talking to you today, I'm talking to you today. You don't have to live on that side anymore. You can live on the life side. If you're tired of your life the way it's been, it's time to make a change because God stirred your heart already today, hasn't he? If you don't know what you feel, if you feel those tears well up in your eyes, that's the Holy Ghost moving on your heart. That's God beginning to convict you to say you've got to change. And if you don't want to change today, you can go home and listen to the news. And if that doesn't help you sleep at night, God will help you sleep at night. But while you're here, you might as well get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Because he wants to change you. Verse 3 says there was a great multitude just waiting for the moving of the water. I don't really, you know... Nowadays, since it's a modern, high-tech day, age, I think that's one of our biggest problems is patience. I'm working in a place now that people don't like to wait. Something's wrong with my oven. Well, make a work order and I'll fix it tomorrow. No, something's wrong now. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right there. 
these folks sat all the time there, and the Bible says, waiting for the troubling of the waters so that they could get changed and get healed. What a contrast we are all brought up again of the vibrant living on one side, the sick and feeble on another. And the Bible says in verse 5 that there was a certain man which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. It's a long time, isn't it? Well, when you're old like me, eh, that's not long at all. <laughs> it is, though. When you're dealing with the Lord, you're dealing with uh, living with it. Sometimes we just have difficulties and we, instead of building up our faith in God, we just decide to kick back, Sister Bruce, and just live with it. I'm just going to live with it. I'm not that way. I've, if, if that's one thing that I've learned this year, I'm not going to live with something that needs fixing. I want to give you a victory report, and it's about my eye. <laughs> Most of you have known that I've had a branch retinal vein occlusion in my left eye. What that is, simply put, is a blockage in my eye. So there's a foggy fingers that's on the bottom of my eye, on my left eye. So when I look at my left eye, I've got little foggy fingers for now. And every 10 weeks, I get an injection in my eyeball. Boy, is that great. That's just great. So when this COVID stuff started up, something happened in my eye. My vision got worse. I keep trusting God. I say, come on, Lord. I stand down here and pray, and I close my eye, and I keep seeing the fog. And I keep testing God. You haven't heard me yet. You know, I'm still going to wait here. I'm still going to trust you. But you know what? It got worse. And I went from a 2040 vision to a 2070 vision, which is what I see now. And I was so worried. You mess with your vision, tell me you won't be worried about it. You will be worried about it. So I went to get my injection last month, and I got a good report. I almost started crying in the chair because the doctor looks at me and says, Rod, you have a cataract. And I started praising God for cataracts. He said, we can fix that. Don't take no time at all. Okay, thank you, Jesus. You know why? It doesn't matter how long, but I'm just going to wait for the Lord. But here's another thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to throw my faith away. I want my faith to be stirred. If there's a stirring, Lord, stir the gift of faith in this room today. Yeah. If there's a stirring, Lord, stir the gift of healings in this room today. If there's a stirring, Lord, stir us, God, in all the gifts that you've given to your church. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've been this way too long. I've been this way too long. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lie there, he knew he had been there a long time. So when he looked there, he asked a question. And of all the years that I've heard this preached, when I was young back home in Ohio, we had a, I kind of tagged this as the missionary message all the time. Because a lot of the missionaries that would come through, they somehow would get to John 5 and talk about rise, take up your bed and walk. And I always put it out to somewhere that that doesn't apply to me. I'm not impotent. I'm not, you know, okay, somewhat blind. I'm not messed, messed up that bad. So I'm not a ranked sinner that I, I, I need that preach. But it never really applied it to myself until now. 
really, Raj? You've been in church all your life, and now you decide to apply this verse to your life. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I said, what, what, what kind of a question is this? That Jesus would ask this guy, would you be made whole? So, what was it that actually Jesus saw that made him say that? How many knows God sees all? How many know God has seen you? And if I can ask you today, do you want to be made whole? Well, what did Jesus see? He seemed to find this guy to be well-established. He'd been there for 38 years. Now, when I first heard this, I thought, well, something's wrong with that guy. I wouldn't want to hang around there 38 years. I'd figure somehow, you know, to be on the edge. And all I needed is somebody just push me in. Whenever the season came, I don't know if he tried that. I don't know. All I know is Jesus saw something with this man. He was well-established. He obviously had a bed because Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. But I think there was a whole lot more than that. I think that he had created his own little world right there. I think that he may have had a request. And sometimes we get so comfortable that we just kind of go through the motions of church, that we just kind of just float along and just kind of say, okay, everything's fine. I'll go back home the way I came. Everything's just kind, fine. I, I've got my touch of church. I sang my song. I felt the Holy Ghost a little bit. Uh, never really got stirred, never really changed. I just kind of been going through the motions and going through the common, everything, comfortable life. So, Jesus, why you're, can, can maybe I can get a, uh, one of those uh, Tempur-Pedic mattresses here for my bed, and maybe, maybe somehow you can air condition my little hut that I've got built here. Maybe I can get some carpeting or maybe a radio. What did he see? Hey, man, he didn't see that. He didn't say that to anybody else. Multitude of people. Will you be made whole? Ha. You would think that he would ever work all this out somehow. And whatever the case was, Jesus looked on him and wanted to know if he wanted to be healed. Okay. Do you want God in your life? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want revival in your life? Do you want to be changed? I'm not a smart guy, I mean somewhat, but I'm not real smart. But I do know this, the lessons of through my life, people do what they want. People do what they want. It's easy. When all of this COVID stuff started, I was worried. I told my son, I said, I just hope people want to come back. I don't know about you. I can't live without the church. I don't know about you. I can't live without the worship. I can't live without the songs. I can't live without the prayer room. I can't live without the message. I can't live without the presence of God. I've got to do whatever it takes me to get there. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter if I have my best on. What matters is I made it to the house of God. 
What matters is I'm in the presence of God. What matters is Jesus knows me. What matters is he sees what's going on. What matters is I'm going to get touched today. What matters is I want to be changed. I don't want to go home the same. Roger, you're a crazy man. I know. I want to be touched by God. Musicians, if you would come, I'm, I'm, I'm almost through. But I do have the climax here. This is the rub of the whole message. I know I've mentioned the physical stuff, being by the pool, all that stuff happens. Being physically touched by God. But how are you spiritually? How is it spiritually that I've been this way all these years? The things that I went through this year, and I mean, I don't have time to tell you every little bit of detail, but I was a wreck. Oh, come on, Rod, you're a preacher, you're a minister. I was a wreck. Lost my job, got another one. That's hard to do when you're my age. But you know what? I always, you think that the best you had was going on, but somehow God will get you out of there. I don't know why. He put me there for eight and a half years, and he got me out for some reason. When I left there, all of a sudden the COVID started hitting that place, and just about everybody that worked there had got this stuff. I don't know. And I always thought, well, man, they know better than this company. You know what? There is better. God moved you to a better place. It's rough. You go through a lot of stuff. The devil throws a lot of stuff at you. But you know what? You make the decision, I'm either going to back away from God or I'm going to make a closer relationship with him happen. And it doesn't matter what's in my way, who's in my way, God's going to get the glory. Yeah. There's a different man down here all the time. I'm not back there all the time singing. I'm up here. Why? There's something happened. It's different when you stand there, raise your hands, throw your head back, and just empty everything out. It's different living when you come to church and get in the presence of God, and you literally empty your entire self and soul out on an altar. You have nothing to lose. Been this way too long. Yeah, I have. Not anymore. Friday, October the 9th, in this building, we had all-night prayer, 9 to whenever. Was here. Was an awesome prayer meeting. How many remember that? I do. I do. I was right here, probably 10, 30, 11-ish. I don't remember exactly when it was. I remember the tongues went out. <laughs> I remember that. I, I got up and I walked back and I sat in the aisle or the, the row where we were. And God was just dealing with me. And I flipped my little notepad open and I started writing stuff down. I wrote down sacrifice. I wrote down worship. I wrote down grain of wheat. I wrote down obedience. I wrote down Pool of Bethesda. I wrote down It's Been Too Long. I wrote that down. <laughs> and my daughter-in-law sat there, Sister Taylor, and gave the interpretation. Here's what she said. Not word for word, but these first two lines are, you ask for a hard thing. My anointing doesn't come easy. It will take sacrificing that some are not willing to do. 
that was the gen that was the census for all of this message. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to stay on the side and have my little realm going on and 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 I don't know about this guy in John the fifth chapter. Maybe he had a bell or something. Maybe he had a system working and people doing things for him. Maybe he just built himself a little world that he was just comfortable. Nowadays, it's not time for the church to be comfortable. It should shake us at night. It should keep us awake. It, God should uh, uh, give us visions. And the Bible says he'll, he'll, old men will dream dreams and your young men is going to see visions. We are at the end times. He's coming back soon. That's why I've got to be busy. I can't lay back on my bed as I have for 38 years. I've been that way too long. And that's way too long for God to work. Revival is going to take sacrifice. Miracle signs and wonders in this church are going to take sacrifice. If there's one conclusion that I made, and I think a lot of us have made it together, what used to be normal is not around anymore. Oh, but that applies to our life outside, yeah. But you know what? It applies really big in your spiritual world. It's not the normal anymore. Oh, it's too close. God's coming back soon. There's too much, there's too many important things that need to be settled. And I do not have time in my life to go back and say, oh, well, that's just another service. Oh, well, that's just another message. Oh, well, that's just another stirring in my heart. That's just another stirring and moving in my soul. I don't have time to play that off again and say, I'm going to go back to my bed. I'll let the ministers worry about revival. I'll let the other people in the prayer warriors worry about revival. It's not. It's time to change. It's time to move closer to God. It's time to improve your serve. It's time to get close enough that you know when God moves. Yeah. I want to keep up with him. Stand with me if you would. The normal bar has been set higher on the rungs. So the impotent man, he answered Jesus. And he says, sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. This guy didn't even recognize who was standing there in front of him. You don't, you don't address Jesus as sir. I wouldn't. I would say, Master, Savior, Lord. He's the one that troubles the waters to start with. And then, here's how this society is in our culture sometimes. Oh, it's always somebody else's fault. That's the reason why I'm the way I am. That goes out. I don't have anybody. I don't have any help. I can't pray for you. I can't make up your mind. But if I was in your mind, I would be down here already because I need to change my life. I need his touch. I need his help. I need his hand. And somebody else, Lord, steps out in front of me and says, oh, well, somebody cuts me off. You got to have desire. You got to have the want to. You got to understand and make up your mind. I need God right now today. I don't need him next week. I don't need him when all this stuff happens in Washington or the State House or Tallahassee. I need him right now today. Make up my mind. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And God has called you to rise up with him. But I'm not used to walking. My steps aren't really sure anymore. Let me tell you this, and I'm going to end my message and open this altar up. God will back you up no matter what you do, no matter what you decide to move towards him. He will back you up. He'll tell you to rise up. He'll tell you, and you know what? He'll give you the strength. Even though my legs are a little weak, 
Even though my steps are somewhat feeble, I'm making it, God. I'm making it towards you. I'm coming out. I'm coming out slow, but I'm coming out. And that's what he's looking for in us today. Immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and he walked with the Lord. You need him today, it's open. Let's sing, can we? Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it. And yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. And bodies are still Come on, still he's come here just for you. Just for you. Are still being slain. Just for you today. Come on. God, we believe it. And yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Sister Lisa just told me that the Lord had revealed to her that there's an angel. He sent an angel over here to this corner to start stirring the waters. And so having just preached on that, I believe that God wants to do a work in somebody. And I believe that the healing power of God is here in this place. I believe that there's enough faith in here to touch every sickness, every disease, Amen. And so if you need something in your life, we're going to kind of do somewhat of a prayer walk, a prayer line, but we need to walk over here and come back this way, and we'll start praying for somebody, okay? Man, if you want a touch from God, just start walking over to that corner and come back to the front so we can cycle people through that if they want a touch from God. Come on, I believe he's here today. I believe that he wants a miracle to make a miracle. Come on, let's, come, let's start walking and praising God and believing for a touch. Hallelujah, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just walk. We'll do a walk in a circle. We'll believe, okay? Just raise your hands and start praying for God, for what God's going to do. we got to keep this moving, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Almighty God, come do what 
you do, only what you can do, only what you can do. We're here for you right now. Oh, we cry out to you. Hallelujah. Healing virtue flow. Healing virtue flow. Healing virtue flow. Hallelujah. We receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We receive it today. Hallelujah. Come and do 
this is a move right here right now we receive it this is a move oh it's this is a move this is my healing this is a move yes hallelujah this is a move oh, oh, oh yes this is a move For the blood, for your healing virtue. Hallelujah. 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 Great and mighty God. Great and mighty God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we magnify you, God. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you, yes. I worship you. You are here, rearranging destinies. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, Lord, and you're turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you, you are here, and you are working miracles today, we worship you, yes, we worship you, oh, because you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, yes, you are. maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, can we call you? Oh, you are the waymaker, waymaker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That's exactly that who you are. Is who you are. You are the way maker, nothing is impossible, no. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, yes, that is who you are. Oh, yes, we cry, we make a miracle. Oh, yes, 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 promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, say, you are. Thank you. 
worship him. Let's magnify him today. He is worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just as the message was, and the Bible says only the first person in the water got healed and touched, I'm thankful that God took away that restriction. And he says, whoever so, whoever wants to get in can get in and get touched. Whoever wants to get touched from God at a service can get touched today. Amen. And I'm thankful for that, for what he's doing, the opportunity. 
And even still, there may be people that choose not to. And that's what God has given us that choice. But I'd, I want to be on God's side. I want to be where the water's moving. The Holy Ghost is flowing and moving. Amen. That's where we want to be. Amen. And I know that we're not, uh, we're not going to stay here, but God's taking us to new levels, higher heights, deeper depths, new dimensions in God. Amen. And I'm, I'm believing that uh, months, weeks, months from now, we're going to look back and think, wow, look at all that God's done already. Amen. Next year is going to be a great year. We're going to make it a great year, right? COVID made this a messed up year. We're going to make 2021 a great year. We're going to do what we have to do, right? Amen. It's going to require sacrifice and commitment and giving and prayer. Amen. But I believe that God wants to do great things in us and through us. Amen. We got to be willing to do that. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed today. We have bread in the back if you want bread. We got uh, men's prayer tomorrow beginning at 4 a.m. before work. If you want to swing by, touch your, let, let God work on your spirit and there's food for your soul. God bless you. Dismissed in Jesus' name.